In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise. One podcast will take a stand. Its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. Time for the Cinema Geekly podcast, episode 138. Before we get going, head over to cinemageekly.com slash premium. Everybody head over there now because as of not even today, as of several days ago, the premium it's part full freezes. That's, that's right. The premium part of the website, free and open to everybody. Uh, the reasoning behind it. And by the way, I have in fact gotten a couple of emails from premium subscribers. I haven't heard back from everybody. I've heard from a couple of people and all of them were supportive. Uh, so there you go. Uh, for the uninitiated, the reason we started doing it in the first place is we were having a tough time keeping up with our server bill. Uh, the site was expanding. We were putting up a lot of content, uh, a lot of podcasts. It's usually unwise to host this many podcasts. Uh, without going to like a third party uh, hosting site like uh, like Libsyn or one of the other uh, services out there. And uh, we started doing the premium thing in a way to maybe see if we could kind of get some assistance from the listeners. Uh, more people signed up for it than I thought. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, we, did. We, we started, we picked up a lot of steam. Uh, yeah, we had, I think near the end, we had about 35, five people all together something along those lines i'd have to go count uh but uh thanks to sir ben knight and uh and uh his name's I'm, alex oh my god i i just <laughs> talked to him today i just alex if you're listening to this i'm so sorry i was just talking to him today for fuck's sake i, I was blanking Apologies out. <laughs> Thanks to Ben and Alex, we were able to move the website to a new server, and server costs are a thing of the past. Uh, and the options were to scrap the premium thing altogether and just go back to doing the regular show on the free stream or trying to incorporate some other stuff. But by and large, uh, I, I know I can't speak for everybody, but I like talking about a lot of those shows in depth. We never really got to do it on the main show because we focus more on movie stuff. Uh, on the main show, and uh, our TV discussions kind of boiled down to, you know, yeah, I saw the show this week, it was fun, and then we'd have to move on to the next topic of discussion. Uh, so instead of doing that, we're, we're probably going to trim a little bit of the fat from the premium website, but we're going to keep everything up, we're going to keep adding new content, and it's going to be free for everybody from now on, so go ahead, head over there, you can listen to all the new episodes, you can listen to all the back catalog uh, please feel free to share it with your friends, uh, especially if they don't give a shit about movies, but maybe they give a shit about Better Call Saul, or maybe they give a shit about The Walking Dead, uh, or Doctor Who, or Star I Trek. definitely recommend doing the, uh, what the fuck is that one podcast name? Plot and Decisive. <laughs> yeah. Episode Every two. That is one of the greatest things we've ever done. Everybody, yeah, everybody can go listen to Horribly Flawed and Incredibly Decisive. All these things are up there. Uh, I am in the midst right now of working on getting all of those shows integrated into third-party distribution like iTunes and uh, Stitcher and TuneIn. 
And speaking of third-party integration and Cinema Geekly, uh, keep an eye out on your phones if you are an Android user. Uh, specifically, keep an eye out on your Google Play Music app because very soon they are going to be incorporating updates that include uh, Google Play podcasts, of which Cinema Geekly will be a part. And uh, once they roll that out onto the apps, you'll be able to find us in Google Play Music and just search for Cinema Geekly, and there we will be. And you sub- can subscribe to us that way. No third-party apps, no iTunes. Uh, so there is that for uh, Android users. Okay, now that we've got all of that out of the way... And uh, there will be no more Gotham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotham is good, is going to be one of the shows hitting the... Uh, Getting the getting the axe, I guess. I'm sorry to people who enjoyed uh, Anthony and I. Also being miserable. Yeah, being miserable for about 20 minutes. Uh, but yeah, it's gone. I mean, I'm sure we'll bring it up from time to time. But yeah, I, you know what? If I hear that it becomes good, we may check it out and then mention it on the on the regular show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's been an incredibly uneven show. Uh, Arrow is sticking around, but only because it's linked with. Flash and Legends. Out of necessity, not so much want. That's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, If I had the option to to ditch it, I would have ditched it by now. Uh, All right, so let's get into everything. Uh, Let's go back to the the biggest thing that we missed, uh, because it happened right after we recorded our last episode. Marvel released the first uh, look at Doctor Strange. Uh, Glenn, I'm guessing you got a good look at it. What did you think? Talking about the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I liked it. I I thought it looked different than a lot of the other movies yes. they put together. Yes, it has a very different style visually. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be really similar to Thor. Like I thought it might be a little bit more colorful, mm-hmm. uh, and it was in different ways. I think it was more of a contrast in colors. Yeah, like a lot of blue and orange, you know, yeah, that Thor, kind of stuff. Thor is a lot of red and gold. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. So, uh, <laughs> what did you what did you make of Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent? Uh, I was I was I was jarred by it uh, because essentially he did. Uh, I know the I know uh, Jacqueline and Jillian picked up on this when they reviewed it on uh, the following has been approved, but he basically channeled Hugh Laurie doing House. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And he is playing a doctor. Uh, Stephen Strange is a is a surgeon. Yeah, it's funny because he did a pretty good Boston accent in Black Mass. Really? Yeah. So I was huh. expecting him to, you know, like, oh, okay, he probably can. I mean, he's also a really good actor. So I figured, sure. yeah, he could do the American accent just fine. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's probably not going to bother me so much because when I think of Stephen Strange, I don't think of him as, like, an American, you know, he's mystic. So it, he could really be anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe like people who you know got mad about Keanu Reeves being Constantine. Like eh, when you're dealing with mystics, like I don't think nationality really matters. Right. Uh, you know they had Tilda Swinton essentially playing a genderless character. Yeah, the ancient uh, one. I believe the ancient one is uh, in the books as a yeah, that's her mo. Character. So yeah, she's uh, definitely typecast <laughs> as a as an other. Uh, but, yeah. Well, I, except for in Grand Budapest, she was the sex object. Uh, yeah, uh, I think some things. I think some <laughs> things in the trailer uh, escaped general audience uh, perception. So there's a shot where Tilda Swinton hits 
Stephen Strange. And my daughter, who doesn't know a lot about Stephen Strange's powers, just presumed that Tilda Swinton punched the soul out of his body. Like, did she just punch his soul out? Uh, it was astral projection. She was teaching him how to astral project so he can leave his... I guess kind of, if, depending on how you view things, he can so he can leave his body and yeah. kind of travel without... The, I guess it'd be like beyond two souls kind of thing. Sure. Um, there was lots of, you know, people obviously... <laughs> so hopefully really good and not kind of benign. Right. <laughs> uh, and people, you know, and people made uh, the obvious connection with Inception, mainly because there was like three New Yorks like spinning and converging and colliding with one another. Uh, I don't care. That, that visual shot is never going to get old to me. No, so. that looks cool as hell. Uh, and added that it's like uh, Doctor Strange and somebody are fighting because it's very tiny, but you can see them like falling like through yeah. the realities or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, they close with their their money shot tease of a very darkened, you know, back shot like backlit of uh, Cumberbatch and full. Oh, that's not the money regalia. shot. That's not the re- that's not the money shot for you. Yeah, money shot's going to be when you have to see Mads Mikkelsen as Dormammu. That's that, going to be the money shot. If that's who he's playing. Um, if he's uh, not playing that, they're really dumb. Uh, they might not be going that route. I I don't know. But uh, I think it looks cool. Uh, it, I, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. They said it's going to be... They said it was going to be really trippy. And it was. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of craziness going on. I, I'm interested to see... I'm interested to see more, though, for sure. Um, I'm in all the way. Uh, let yeah, me, I gotta, in. I gotta scroll cause I'm scrolling past all of these premium shows that we put up. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, did you watch the trailer for the do over? The Adam Sandler. No, I still haven't watched it yet. I keep meaning to. Okay. I mean, I've listened to David Spade talk about it. Uh, and he's really excited about it. Like he's both like, yeah, I understand people don't like the way Adam's been doing his movies lately, but trust me, this is this is old school. These are the movies that you're used to seeing us in yeah. from back in the day. Um, so. Yeah. So Aaron, who is an ardent a hater of Adam Sandler as anyone, I think all of us are. Yeah, I mean, we're all you know, but I, I feel like he he has a particular a particularly large amount. Oh, of it's because Aaron is the definition of hyperbole. So it's either best or worst. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, he he said uh, he said just when he thought he was out, he's pulling me back in. He loved the trailer for this movie. I sat down and watched it. It was good. It seems really good. Um, so it's David Spade plays this. Uh, it's it's got some elements of of uh, the world's end, uh, the the finale of the Cornetto trilogy. Where you've David Spade kind of plays this frumpy, uh, average dad kind of character who uh, is leading this kind of crummy life. His wife's divorced. She's got the kids, um, and it's you know every day is just a, a slog. And uh, he reconnects with his friend Adam Sandler, and he kind of lives this rock and roll kind of lifestyle. And he's kind of attracted by it, and he, pull, he gets pulled into it, and then a whole bunch of crazy shit happens. Uh, in fact, I think there's one point where David Spade is uh, in a threesome with another guy and another girl while Adam Sandler's watching, stuff like that. 
really crazy stuff. I wasn't expecting it, but it looks really interesting. David Spade's character looks interesting. He looks like he's going to be good in this. And there was stuff that looked like it could be genuinely funny, which is something I can honestly say has not been the case for Adam Sandler, (laughs) at least for me, for a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I recommend everybody go check it out. It's on the Facebook page. Uh, Go view. Uh, So there's some DC news. Uh, There's some Marvel news as well, but let's tackle this kind of as it was uh, announced. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if the I's have been dotted or the T's yet crossed, but it appears that Willem Dafoe has been added to the Justice League cast, presumably as a villain, which, as everyone knows, would be an an amazing change of pace for him. Uh, He rarely ever plays the bad guy, so he gets to to stretch the acting legs a little bit. Speculation, Glenn. I mean, obviously, I, the first question is, is this a good casting choice? But duh, Willem Dafoe was <laughs> a bad guy. What the fuck? Of course he is. He could have played the Green Goblin without the goddamn helmet. He didn't need the helmet. Um, so the real question is, outside of is this a good casting choice, who do you think he plays? I have no idea. Who do you think he could be a good... I mean, do, is he one of those guys that could fit into any role, or do you... Uh, are there things that you think he would maybe be better at? I should, um, I should mention Aaron's idea, which of course, uh, and this is I like his idea. This is largely because I I think he's not a big fan of the look of of Leto Joker, but his idea is that Leto Joker is really Jason Todd, which has been a theory uh, for a while that Leto Joker is really Jason Todd, and Willem Dafoe plays the real aged Joker, the real Joker, the one that uh, kidnapped. Uh, Jason Todd presumably killed him. Um, I think that would be amazing, actually, if he were the Joker. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think Jared Leto is their Joker, and they've just settled on that look, which I'm never going to be able to get past. Uh, <laughs> ever. Uh, I think anybody is. I, I'm, what else would... You know, try to... I don't know, Glenn. Try to, try to think in their shoes. Uh, who could they be putting in this Justice League movie big enough for Willem Dafoe to play? I mean, would they would they would they use him to just? I mean, like, they've say, always they, they've said that Brainiac. It's always been the rumor that Brainiac is going to be the first part of Justice League, right? Which I, I he could be him. Uh, usually, Brainiac's a little stoic, unless it's voiced by Neil Patrick Harris in the Lego Batman games. <laughs> uh, so I feel like you're kind of taking away the crazy. You know, it's just like not letting Nick Cage be Nick Cage. You know, right. you just gotta let him do his thing and hope it works. Yeah. Except Willem Dafoe's tame. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I know. I mean, he could be Dark Side, like the voice of, or yeah. I mean, I just don't picture his voices being that. He's menacing, but it's not like ominous. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take up that kind of space, like. Like, Brolin's good for Thanos because Brolin has, like, yeah. that really deep, manly voice. I mean, I know we just mentioned him, but Cumberbatch can have that kind of voice. You yeah. Smog yeah. the dragon. Or Idris Elba. I mean... Idris yeah. Elba, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that kind of thing. So, not that he... I mean, I even said that if they want to go that route, Andrew Brower, who did him in one of the animated movies, would be perfect for it. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was a very scary dark side. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean... Those are kind of like the, those are the two big games that you're looking at. Um, uh, outside of that, I I could it's mostly his age that kind of throws me off. 
Right. The only thing I could say, and I think would be really cool, but I know that's not what it is, is like a Doctor Fate. Mm. I think he'd be really good for that. Uh, even something to the effect of kind, you know, like Parallax, especially the dark, uh, Blackest Night kind of run. Yeah. I could see it being that. Maybe even Black Hand, but I don't. I mean, hell, they're not afraid to jump at anything that at you really point, need yeah. a setup for. Sure. So if they did the whole black hand and let's just fucking kill the whole DCU and have Hal Jordan be the Spectre in the next movie, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, as we're about to talk about, there's plenty of Green Lanterns to go around. Yes, so yes, we'll yes, that. I understand. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe Sinestro, but I kind of wish they would actually just bring back Mark Strong because he was like the only good part of mm-hmm. that Green Lantern movie. He actually had was look. pretty good. Yeah. He looked like Sinestro. He really didn't have, I mean, yeah. you didn't need to make him purple. Like, he just looked like him. <laughs> just in general. Uh, Everyday so March. Yeah, time. you know, those kinds of things. Like I said, it's more of, have to figure out which, what they're, who they're going to pick as being their big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how you can make your decision. Right. But I just don't know who they're going to pick from because. It seems like all the bigs that you can use, there's really only two that you would say give that emphasis of who just is a good fight. I mean, Vandal Savage, but I, I just don't think he could probably do it. But I think he'd be a good Vandal Savage, but yeah, I just I, don't. I don't think they're going to go that I route. Don't see, yeah, I don't see them doing that either. Um, all right. They probably should just get the guy from the TV show to do it because that yeah, he's pretty the good. Shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> all right, did you? How many of these? Uh, there was a God. I they talked about it on uh, the following has been approved. I can't remember the name of it. it was CinemaCon? I think it was CinemaCon. Yes. And CinemaCon happened, and That's in Vegas. a whole bunch of trailers dropped as a result. And I posted four of them. How many of the four did you watch? You're gonna have to name them off. Uh, okay, let's start. Let's start at the top. Jason Bourne was the first one. Yes. The first full length trailer for the fourth. In the Bourne franchise, the third... Or no, this is the fifth in the Bourne franchise. The fourth with Matt Damon. Uh, and I believe the third with Paul Greengrass directing? Did he direct mm-hmm. all three of Matt Damon's previous? No, he two? directed two, three, and this, this one. one. Okay. Uh, so what did you think? He wrote all of them. Yes. But he didn't direct until, I think, the second one. So what did you think? I, I mean, we kind of talked about it. It looks fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's weird because like Jason Bourne came out like what two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and I saw it when it came out. I was just ten, so I I, I didn't have the that. mental capacity to understand what was happening in that movie. Yeah. I just thought it was cool, yeah. but I couldn't really comprehend what was going on, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it since. Right. And then I saw the second one when it came out, and that's the one where he kind of squares off against Carl Urban. That mm-hmm. one's also very good. Yes. And then I've seen Hawkeye Origins. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I. it's one of those things where I tell myself I really like the Bourne franchise, yeah. but I've never seen the third one, and I, I couldn't tell you a damn thing that happens in the first one. Right. Besides, he beats the crap out of a lot of people. Oh, there's so many great scenes in that first one where he fights that dude off with a pen. Oh, the one thing I remember is, like, the scene where he talks to Clive Owen after he mm-hmm. kills him, and they're just like kind of sitting in, yep. in the field, and he's just talking to him as he's dying. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. like a precursor to Mike in Breaking Bad. This, that's right. 
Uh, yeah, this looks great. There was actually, you know what? There was one, there's one bit of dialogue in here that I kind of went ugh at a little bit. And I think it's only because it's such a, such a thing when a character has been gone for a little while and, uh, then the character returns. Sometimes there's this thing that it's almost like precipitous where it has to happen where a character, in this case, it was Tommy Lee Jones basically has to go, well, why now? So this way there's like an explanation as to why he's been gone so long and is now back. Somebody has to ask why, what, what precipitated this? I mean, um, considering what happens in those movies, it is also a good question to ask. Uh, sure, it does make pretty sense. Pretty much settled the score in the right. third one. Right, and then, uh, you're right, and then he kind of just wants to disappear. He just wants to live a life. He wants to be a normal person and live a normal life. Although yeah, well, he trailer... doesn't get that in the second one. No, he doesn't, nor in the third, really. <laughs> no. And ultimately, when this tra- when the trailer joins him, he looks like he's living in a, in a crappy-ass shack in the middle of some third world countries. Yeah, it's kind of like how Bruce Banner is found in the Avengers. Yeah. Um, There's a, there's some teases of a really crazy ass chase scene, which involves Jason Bourne in a car, which looks like it's somehow plowing through other cars. I don't even know how that happens. I don't care. Uh, But who cares? It looked cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I was all in from when they announced it because I'm a fan of the franchise. Uh, To me, it's like the, the, the American version of Bond. Uh, and oddly enough, uh, almost all of the entries have been good, which you can't say for actual James Bond. Granted, they've had like 23 or 24 of those <laughs> movies, so it's, it's tougher to have a good average. What, what, what's, a ba- what's a bad Bond movie? Uh, God, let me see. Uh, Moonraker? Uh, that, is, that is a lie. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> Got, that is the best Bond movie. What's the one? What's the one where they spend twenty minutes under the water? Uh, there's one where they spend at least twenty minutes under the water. Uh, there's one with the there's one with the voodoo guy. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. There's some bad ones. The last Pierce Brosnan one was pretty. The last terrible. Pierce Brosnan one uh, as one really good fight scene with the fencing, but Spectre was kind. Of, Spectre wasn't bad, but it was. Certainly not as good as it could have been. No, it was not as good as Mission Impossible 5. Better or worse with than... With them having the same plot. <laughs> spe- spe- before we move on, Glenn, Spectre, better or worse than Quantum of Solace? Uh, I'm going to say worse only because of expectations. Okay. I mean, you uh, and I talked about, like, when we sure. first... When that first trailer came out, you and I were really stoked to see it. Absolutely. And then I saw it, and I was like... I feel like this could be about 45 minutes shorter. Yeah. I love the opening. That oh, was fun. yeah. Oh, yeah. Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. That was, Great that was beautiful. Great opening. Oh, one shot. I mean, I'm sure there's like one or two trickers, but, you know. Sure, sure. Otherwise, fairly great. All right. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence second trailer. Yes. You just watched it. Yes, how, about, how about a shot? They had a shot in this, Glenn, that would give Michael Bay a hard on. You had a... Sp- it's a very quick shot, but it's a space jet. They look like they're on the moon. Mm. And it is flying, uh, and behind it trailing is a gigantic American flag. Flag, Yes, it, yes there was. <laughs> I believe there are other planes that probably had flags of other nations, but who cares about <laughs> those countries? Uh, what did Can you we think make of the- Independence Day, like, 
if they ever, you know how they're doing like Men in Black and Twenty One Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Can we have another spinoff, co- you know, joining crossover series, and just make it Independence Day and Broforce? Like, can can I have that in my life? That'd be pretty great. That would uh, be amazing. There are some great moments in this uh, trailer, Glenn, for sure. Yes, there were. Uh, I like the scene where it's like uh, their their ship is hovering over the Atlantic, and they're like, "Which part?" And they're like, "All of it." <laughs> Stuff like that is great. Oh, uh, they sure do love their landmarks. Jeff Goldblum drops the landmark. Yeah, he's like, boy, do they really love to go after the landmarks. Uh, I don't know which ones are left. Maybe they had to rebuild new ones. I don't know. Maybe the aliens have kept up on our new on our new landmarks. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 all in. This just looks like ridiculous, stupid stuff your face with popcorn fun. And uh, I I don't care how crappy it is. It just looks like a lot of fun and i'm excited to see it yeah uh and it looks I miss like... having fun action movies like that you know it's dumb, weird. dumb and fun they don't you don't get now now they're just dumb michael bay movies yeah there's no fun to be had yeah it's it's like face off is really stupid but man is it a lot of fun yeah i mean because you can keep track of what's happening in face off yeah. it's tough to keep track of what the fuck's happening in those transformers movies yeah uh yeah the movie looks good did you okay so the next one on the list the founder have you seen the trailer for this it is a michael keaton movie Mm-mm. you're gonna want to watch this i think it is the is it about l ron hubbard no this is the story of michael keaton who was a uh he played a real dude he was a milkshake uh machine vendor like he went from place to place and tried to sell milkshake machines. This is back in the thirties or something like that, the twenties or the thirties. And he came across a small little restaurant in a small town that went by the name of, Oh, it's about McDonald's. I know you're talking about. Yeah. And it's the story about how Michael Keaton's character essentially talks the, talks the, the two brothers who own the McDonald's restaurant into franchising it, and basically he weaseled his way into controlling it and then made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's the story, the founder of uh, McDonald's. And he, it looks great. He looks like he's going to be awesome in this. Uh, Everybody should go watch it. Normally this is, you know, this is not like geek genre, but everybody loves Michael Keaton. He's fucking Beetlejuice. He's fucking Batman. He's going to be a villain, uh, presumably, or no, I heard maybe he pulled out of the Spider-Man thing. He did pull out. Uh, which is a shame. He was going to be a villain in the Spider-Man movie, but who cares? He was still Batman, he was still <laughs> Beetlejuice, and he was Birdman, and this movie looks great. People should go watch it. Birdman. Uh, there's a second You're trailer. Uh, there was a second trailer for Warcraft. Did you see that? Yeah. Are you any more impressed or less impressed uh, with Duncan Jones's effort here uh upon a second look it looks pretty <laughs> it like uh, it, to me it, like it, it does and it doesn't i'm usually one of the last people to be like oh man everything looks too cg but for some reason yeah yeah yeah. for some reason and you know the weird thing is when they do the really uh they don't do enough close-ups i've seen really good close-ups of those characters and they look great on close-ups but far away they just don't look Realistic. The only thing I would say is that it, they're probably going for a video game like texture. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've never played Warcraft. I've seen other people play it. Um, right. Uh, like my friend would always play Warcraft, and I would play Heavy Rain. 
Right. And he would get mad and yell at the screen. I would get mad and yell at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm just not... Uh... All right, so is that where you're at? You're I like, mean, I have good. hope because it's Duncan Jones. And he's, he's good. Although he's, he's only made two movies. They're both, A, they're two movies that never should have worked. And second, they're really good movies. Yeah, he's good. Like, Source Code, if the plot of the movie is every eight minutes you restart and essentially do the same scene, that's going to get old really quick. But, man, is that movie really enticing. Yeah, he manages it. Yeah, really well. He's he's good at pace. He knows how to pace out a movie. It was kind of like Edge of Tomorrow before Edge of Tomorrow, and he did it without all of the the crazy set pieces and and war, you know, like the war actiony stuff yeah. that Edge of Tomorrow was able to use to kind of help get through the repetitiveness. He didn't have that, and he still made it really good. Uh, people should go check that out. That's uh, a lot of people think of Moon when they think of him, which is a good movie, and, and less people remember Source Code, but they should go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's good. Both of them. Um, so the uh, the thought on Warcraft is, well, we hope it turns out okay. Yeah, I mean, my friends that are really into Warcraft, as in they still play it to this day, mm-hmm. and somehow have healthy relationships, <laughs> uh, they're both really excited for it. Okay. Because they're, they're very much so like, oh, yeah, this is, oh, this could probably be this story. Or they, I guess they speculate a lot, and they get into the lore. Yeah. So... I hold out hope. I hold out hope that it can still be. The I just first. don't know how good it's going to be for casual viewers. Yes, because I'm I'm still holding out hope for the first truly good video game movie adaptation, and this this you could didn't like be it. No, I did not. <laughs> or the or the Cradle of Life. The the sequel. or Hitman. No, I've never seen the Hitman one, but I presume it's bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right. Well, the closest thing I have to a good video game movie adaptation is the first Resident Evil movie. Or Ratchet and Clank. I haven't seen that, but... Uh, it comes out this weekend, I believe. It does, yeah. Uh, some people might consider that cheaty, because it's an animated movie. And the game itself is very cartoony. Um, Why now? So strange. <laughs> late to the game, man. Takes a while to put those animated movies together. Uh, in the uh, the portion of the show that... Glenn can skip, and uh, we won't have to skip very long because Aaron's not here to discuss it with me. Uh, BBC announced the latest companion for the Doctor after Jenna Coleman left. Woo-hoo. Uh Jenna Coleman took off after last season to go uh, take on a, another role, and uh, they announced British actress Pearl Mackie is going to be taking uh, her place. And There's no Pearl Bailey. No, she's not. Well, and she's also a relative unknown. I think she was. Uh, she's doing stuff, I think, on on the on the West End. She's doing some theater or whatever, and uh, she, I think, has had a couple of roles uh, in television before, but nothing big. So, relative unknown. There's a video on the Facebook page. So, Whovians, go check it out. Uh, it's actually pretty good the way they introduce her, and she seems likable. Uh, so, everybody, go check that out. Uh, there will be more discussion of it probably come winter time. When we get back to doing Who Made Who, because that's how long it's going to be until more Doctor Who is released. A whole year. Fucking, mm-hmm. fucking British. I know Glenn's happy about that, but I'm not. I'm not pleased. Um, all right. Marvel news. Uh, the most dubious title they had in the lineup, sir, has been put back on the shelf. Inhumans. The Inhumans movie no longer has a release date. Uh, is that... 
I'm assuming the, the Inhumans is more related to Agents of Shield. Isn't that mostly what they're doing in Shield? Is Inhuman stuff? Uh, they've they've definitely introduced Inhumans on Shield, um, but I think that they were going to take some of the more prominently known Inhumans to uh, to do the movie with. But uh, it's being delayed, which, as I wrote here, I'm pretty sure is corporate Hollywood speak for not getting made. Uh, At least this is the rumor on this, was this movie was slated before there was... Do you remember a few months ago there was a split between the Marvel Cinematic side and the television side? Yeah, Um, because Jeff Loeb runs TV. Right. It was believed that this Inhumans movie was put on a slate before the split occurred, and it's because they really wanted something to compete against the X-Men with um, and those movies. But uh, now that the split has been made, this movie looks like it's being taken off the shelf. And obviously with the way they were able to work with Sony to get Spider-Man, it's possible they may want to try to work out something to get X-Men involved in the MCU at some point and perhaps having a direct competitor franchise alongside it that is very similar. How much money do you think they'll give Hugh Jackman if they get the rights to an X-Men crossover? Uh, Probably a shit ton, is my guess. (laughs) I'm going to say whatever Robert Downey Jr. gets paid, I would say that plus ten. Yeah. Ten more bucks, at least. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Um, I know I understand the Iron Man movies have made more money, mm -hmm. but I would say, as a collective, he is probably the most iconic out of any person who's playing a superhero sure, now. Sure. Um, personally, for me, I was relieved when I saw this uh, because I felt like Marvel, by and large, has, has, had done no wrong. Um, you could maybe argue that some of their movies could have been more profitable or some of them could have are, are better than others, but I feel like this would have been their first misstep. Their first true misstep because when they announced this, I was like, Huh. And when I read about it, I'm like, boy, that really seems odd that this is what they would, you know, choose to choose to pull from. I really thought that this they'd have a really big hill to climb. They've had big hills to climb in the past, but to me, this felt like a really big hill to climb. A lot of people would be like, this is just like a poor man's X-Men. And they'd be right. That's what they are. Um I don't think they'd be able to get the acting talent for it because uh, as far as the acting chops that are in those X-Men movies, geez. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about the, the polling of, of the film? Good move, right move? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the idea of the Inhumans is going to be reworked. I think the thing that Marvel is realizing is that, because uh, what is it that uh, Iron Man's going to be in the next Spider-Man movie, right? That's that, right. They that, announced that's that, what they released. Yeah, they announced that Robert so, Downey Jr. is going to be in the next uh, in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Not if I don't know. If he's just trying to become the new Coulson. Maybe, uh, maybe but he's the new Greg Clark. You know, or Clark Greg. I mean, they're smart because the big thing. You know, we talked about in the past is all these. You know, we talk about with Winter Soldier. Like the only thing that ever kind of slightly takes you out of the moment is. If this big government crisis is happening, uh, where is Iron Man? Where, where, where are the other heroes to help? This is this is something that's going to globally affect everything. Right. So when you make every single movie is end of the world is is what the stakes are, <laughs> and then yeah. 
you know, it kind of takes some of the punch out of it if you don't have them there. Like, it makes sense for them to be there. And, yeah, you know, oh, well, they can't be there because of contracts. Everyone's get paid. And I think with Marvel, and you'll seeing it in some of their titles, they're understanding that they need to do team-ups. It isn't just the Avengers is the team-up. Everything is team-up. And then the Avengers could just be, like, the tie-in and then separate. You could have, you know, smaller stuff. But... I think since they make every movie is a high scale, uh, they kind of have to have them tie in. Like, I hope the Black Panther movie is only about his country and nothing like crazy global dramatic. Like, right. It's pirates are coming to his country and he needs to get them out. Like, I hope that's what the movie is. Right. Some, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah well, presumably, I, it'll be something with uh, Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw. So. Yeah. And he's a pirate. So that's just the that's just my kind of feeling is they you know they're very smart they understand how to do you know they're very good at their their work yeah and that maybe they see the signs that okay we need to start doing team ups and even if the movie's crap like you're I mean Batman vs Superman is a like you know we've talked about it there's some really good parts but as a whole it is a giant mess yeah. <laughs> and doesn't work ninety percent of the time correct uh, but it still made a crap ton of money also so. True. If you can just get to where it's, you know, the movie sells because it's going to be Captain America and Iron Man fighting each other. Like, that's what we want to see, you know, and that's uh, I think that's what they're doing is they're kind of seeing that as maybe not necessarily them fighting each other, but the team ups. I mean, Hulk's going to be in the next Thor movie. Right. So I think they're they know what they're doing and until they really just fall out on their face with two movies in a row, then I'll, you know, I'll get worried. Agreed. Um, did you, before we move on to the last story, did you see the uh, the supposed leaked plot details of Star Wars Episode Eight that I posted in the, in the fun chats? No, I didn't read it. Um, uh, the only reason I posted it, I didn't post it on the Facebook page, but the only reason I posted it was because The Guardian, which is a fairly reputable news site uh, in the UK, posted the story about like the supposedly leaked... Uh, spoilers, I went through and read them, and about four lines in to the spoilers, because it's very much bullet point spoilers, mm-hmm. uh, by about the fourth or fifth line, I was absolutely convinced that it was complete bullshit. Absolutely fabricated. It seemed fairly plausible up until one point, and then it seemed to be... I, I mean, unless... I mean, was it a beat-by-beat... Remake of Empire Strikes Back because well, that's the case. Here's the here's the funny it's thing. It's pretty plausible. Here's the funny thing. It starts out by informing us that the movie is not going to be a beat by beat remake of Empire Strikes Back, and then gives us a very loose plot outline that sounds exactly like Empire Strikes Back. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Ray's being it's like Ray's being trained by by Luke. And meanwhile, Finn and Poe are in a in a glamorous futuristic city, and then Ray ends up fighting a dude in a an industrial part of the. It's like this sounds exactly like what happens in uh, uh, in Empire, but uh, no, there's they the they do the big reveal, and maybe this is true. Maybe I'm actually revealing a real spoiler for the movie. What's the big reveal? And if uh, you don't want to listen to it, probably yeah. pause for like a minute yeah. and a half. But here's the thing. Before you do that, listen to me. There's no way this can be, this, there's no way this can be the thing because it is so egregious. After having watched 
Like as have... in general grievous? No, no. Egregious. Oh. Not oh, okay. after having watched episode seven and knowing a lot of the backstory behind it, uh how carefully crafted it was. In fact, to the point where some people uh, some people who criticized the movie said that they played it too safe and too close to the formula of the original movie, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's no well, way... Well, those people are wrong. You, you have to. Those people... There's only, way it, there's only one way it was going to work, and that was to essentially get... In, right. Not necessarily remake, but do what they did in the first right. one. There's no, there's, no way they, there's no way they would have carefully crafted the first one like this and then pull the stunt that supposedly happens in episode eight. Uh, so if you don't want to hear it, I guess skip ahead a few minutes, but uh, here it is. So the, the big reveal is it's not that it's not that Luke is Ray's father. It's that Ray is Luke's father. Complete Wait, with, what? yeah, complete with a line where he says, no, Ray, you're my father. That's supposedly the line. And then the idea is that Anakin Skywalker was the one, right, essentially. And the one is reincarnated, and Rey is the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. So it's Mummy Returns. It's, oh, that, and it's the Matrix. <laughs> the She gets rebooted, they keep making ones until, like, and she has a vision where there's a, she sees, like, hundreds of Force ghosts who were previous were previous and then she ones. becomes Azrael. Okay, uh, something it it's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's if, no if way... that's what they do. Um, I mean, kudos for having. We will never movies. ever make fun of the prequel movies ever again. No. Look, there's no way. There's <laughs> no way they go. Look, they barely even made reference to those prequel movies existing. I think a clone mentioning a offhandedly mentioning a clone army is as close as they came. I think to actually. Uh, referencing referencing those prequel movies, and to then say this character that we've cultivated, that fans love, that little girls look up to, is just a reincarnated version of the second most hated character behind Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars universe. Everybody hated An- Anakin Skywalker. They hated A- Hayden Christensen. They hated the way that role was written and performed. There's no way that they would that they would do that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And to have and to have Luke Skywalker deliver that line of no, you're my father, no fucking way. It was bullshit. It's a hundred billion percent bullshit. Nobody well, I guess he it. should say, No, Ray, you are. Yeah. That's that's actually what she he should say. Uh the uh I I have a theory that I that I'm personally a fan of, uh, and I've seen elsewhere. Uh, I think it would be uh, far more interesting if we have to do a crazy, uh, if we have to do a crazy uh, twist or something along those lines. Uh, my my twist would be that Ray was never left on Jakku as a child; that sh- her her memory had something happened to her. They where total her, recalled her. Yeah, like where her memory was wiped. And the big reveal is that Kylo Ren and Ray were both a, both part of the group that turned on Luke Skywalker. And she's like Sith. She's dark side or whatever, but she doesn't know it. Something happened where her memory got erased. She thinks she was left on Jakku as a child. Um, what movie do they do that? Were they... I mean, I know there's been a couple of them, but there's one that was pretty prominent where they... 
they hid who she was. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Once Upon a Time. My bad. Where you think they're a good guy, or they think they're a good guy, but they find out they're really Yeah, yeah, you find out that Captain Hook is actually the embodiment of pure evil. Right. uh, Because that was the only way to save him. uh, Spoilers. I mean, I think think that would work. And I think it plays into the movie in a couple of uh, interesting places. Like at the end, when she's handing Luke Skywalker his saber back. And he, he... uh, Mark Hamill plays it kind of uh, almost emotionless, but s- just subtly enough to where you can't tell if he's uh, like sad or angry or he 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 does doesn't it sub- trust her. Yeah, he does it very subtly, so it's hard to tell. Uh, b- and there's also a scene earlier on with uh, Kylo Ren when he finds out that uh, they escaped with a BB-8 droid. And one of the underlings mentions, you know, he escaped with a girl. And Kylo Ren is immediately like, what girl? Like, he like he knows that there's a girl on the planet, like that girl, that he knows that maybe helped him turn on, you know, uh, their former master. I think that could be what happens. Yeah, I mean, and that, that would sounds... be kind of, it's kind of... It's typical, but at least it's better than, no, Ray, you're yeah. my father. Well, it adds a lot more emotion to sure. the fight that her and Kylo have. Sure. Um, although he, although he never really, I mean, they have scenes together though, where he also yeah. never really, you never get that vibe. So, well, I mean, if he talks to his dead grandpa, then he should probably recognize his dead grandpa and a girl. Sure. <laughs> oh, fuck me. That better not be what happens. All right. Um, so, uh, the first Green Lantern movie failed, Glenn. We all know this. Uh, yeah. but, Sure did. DC has found the solution. <laughs> They're not going to put just because because one Green Lantern on his own failed, but if you put two, nay, three Green Lanterns together, there's no at least one of them is going to succeed. Uh, that's the rumor going around for the Green Lantern Corps movie is that they're going to have all three versions. This is from the Latino. Well, review. there's four of them, but yes. Well, they're going to put three of the four, apparently. <laughs> Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and Kyle Rayner are the supposed... This is from the Latino Review. Uh, the folks over at Lat- Latino Review are claiming that a source has told them that not only will there be multiple lanterns from Sector 2814, there will be three of the most popular, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and Kyle Rayner. Jordan seemed like a no-brainer, as did Stewart, but Rayner is a bit of a wild card. Uh, Latino Review also claims that their source has held Jordan in the movie will be older about Matt Damon's age, but that John and Kyle will be younger. Uh, what do you think of this idea? Is this is this something that has existed in the books? Have they done, like, multiple green... Like, yeah, oh, multiple yeah, yeah, lanterns? yeah. I mean, when you do, uh, I mean, Jeff John's first run of Green Lantern Rebirth, mm-hmm. it's actually him flying around with Kyle Rayner. Huh. <laughs> Hal, Hal Jordan, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh Personally, if it was me, if you're going to have Green Lanterns grouped together, I'd rather it be Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner, and Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's how I would have those three together. Only because Hal Jordan, not that he's more interesting than them, but his backstory has been done more, so you can flesh out his stuff. And, you know, sure. things with Carol Ferris becoming Star Sapphire and becoming a crazy ex-girlfriend and that kind of thing, and then him self-destructing to save the universe and becoming the specter is really awesome. Uh, That 
I don't think you should just shoehorn him in because he's the most well known. But at the same time, like, do you? I mean, he's Green Lantern. I don't. I don't think to a casual audience it matters if it's Hal Jordan. Yeah. Like that's why I think you should just have it be those three because what you know is Green Lantern and he has a ring and he can do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And. I think the contrast works better with those three because the thing about John Stewart is he um, has the least imaginative, but he has well, no, because Hal Jordan has the strongest will. I forget how it goes. Hal Jordan has the strongest willpower. Guy Gardner has the most uh, imagination because I think I believe he's the one that's an artist, right? And Kyle Rayner is the most corruptible. But he's the strongest, and John Stewart is kind of like the middle in the middle of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he's he's a marine, like you know. So he's I think him being him being there is a good straight man to the other ones. And I think having those three uh, play off each other is a lot would be a lot more fun than having Hal Jordan there Mm -hmm. because I think it his his story only works if you make it personal. So if you have other characters there, you can't make it as personal, right? Uh, so, what do you think the uh, and bring back Mark Strong for Sinestro? He was great. <laughs> I mean, there was like one guy. There was one rumor that they were going to do Green Lantern. It was going to be after Hal Jordan's death, which mm-hmm. again to me would be awesome because if I get to see Spectre in a fucking motion picture, mm-hmm. I will shit my pants. Well, you know, what, you know what it really boils <laughs> down to is uh, who's in? Do we know who's in charge of this movie yet? Like, who's? Do they have? A, have they announced a director? Or... I don't think so. I mean, it's not till twenty twenty. Uh, uh, I'm more. I'm more afraid of the fact that I think I'll see. Because um, you're putting a lot of Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder's name right. on there. Because you're putting a lot of characters on screen. Oh yeah, no, they should use. They should do the TV thing. Like yeah. what Marvel does is having these TV directors. Right. Yeah. They they need they need somebody. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, uh, Nerdist. Uh, Nerdist News did a little segment on the you know who should replace uh, Zack Snyder as director because obviously this is still picking up steam uh, and uh, they are they were in line with us sir they said uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini should be the ones that are, are doing it well I, they shouldn't be the ones directing it they should definitely have a seat they, I mean, table as producers they should be in charge and of the writing content. credits yeah, yeah. yes they should have the content yes bruce tim alan burnett and paul denny awesome. it is really dumb they have really good writers in-house and it's funny because you know i've been listening to those fat men on batmans and all they talk about is like they never embrace a comic book writers to write a movie script um, you know, some of them have done it. I mean, Jeff Loeb was known as a screenwriter before a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, granted, his movie credits were Commando and Teen Wolf. <laughs> um, all right, let's. But, uh, you know, you can do it. All right, let's uh, let's hop into the box office uh, first. Uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice fell out of the top five in its fifth week. It's at number six. It fell two spots. From number four, and it made a five point five million dollar haul. Uh, it has still not yet cracked nine hundred million. It's eight hundred and fifty one point six. Uh, so it's if it makes a billion, I think it's a big if at this point. Well, haven't they talked about maybe re releasing it with the uh, R rated cut? The ex- yeah, the supposed R rated cut. So they're gonna pull an Avatar and try and get an extra. Maybe. I mean, look, I'm gonna be dumb enough to go see it if they release an R-rated <laughs> cut. But 
I also want to see it again mm-hmm. to kind of flesh it out, but I'm definitely yeah. going to wait till Redbox. Uh, so number five uh, is The Boss. It fell from the number three spot. It made $6 million. Here's an interesting one, and it's eighth week. Zootopia actually raised up from number five to number four. It did $6.6 million. Kids fucking love that movie. Yeah, uh, it's, well, it's, it's really good. By the way, at, at its current pace, Glenn... Zootopia may reach a billion dollars before Dawn of Justice. Well, I mean, it also had a three-week, four-week head start. The movie must be that good. I'm going to have to watch this. It's $907 million, Glenn. Yeah, well, it has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. much money, this man. I'm going to have to watch it. It is really good. You know, it was... I had a really deep discussion last night at the bar about BoJack Horseman, because I finally met someone who's watched it. Mm-hmm. And how it will make you laugh, uh, and it'll destroy your soul all in one episode. Like, there's some episodes where you're going to be really glad you don't have a gun in your house, because you'll probably <laughs> kill yourself. Uh, that's sad. But, uh, but no, no, but like, the backdrop of it, it's, like, BoJack is like the adult version of Zootopia. So if you ever watch both of them, or if someone has, you please email us at info, info. at cinema. Oh, at, or, at Geekly Empire. Yes, dot com. Dot com, and see if they agree with me. But uh, Okay, number two, or number three is Barbershop, the next cut. It's down from number two. It made $10.8 million. Number two is the debuting The Huntsman, Winter's War. It opened to uh, $20 million. And, They're going to uh, some money on that one. They may very well. And uh, the number one movie for the second week in a row is The Jungle Book. It pulled in in week number two. This is, by the way, this is how you do it. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It only dropped 41% in week number two. It made $60.8 million in week two. It's pretty good. Uh, 528 plus worldwide million. Uh, yep. That's Maybe maybe yeah. they should just not make the Andy Circus one. I saw it last Wednesday. I hear it's really good. We got a great. Uh, I mean, I don't give a shit about the Jungle Book in general, but yeah, yeah it's good. Ninety-four percent on the old tomato meter. Yeah, no, it is. It's good though. It is good. It was really sad when I heard Gary Shanley be that porcupine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, if Aaron was here. He would have. He would have put in a great joke. I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's talk about the movies that are opening this weekend, and then we'll select another movie for the next from Parts Unknown. And uh, opening this weekend, wide releases, Mother's Day, Glenn. Are you going to take your mom out to go see this? It's directed by Gary Marshall, starring Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, Julia Roberts, Timothy Oliphant, Jason Sudeikis. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing. Mother's Day is the latest star-studded ensemble comedy from director Gary Marshall, bringing together Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, and Julia Roberts, along with Jason Sudeikis. It's a celebration of mothers everywhere. It's a big-hearted comedy that invites us all to enjoy laughter, tears, and love as three generations come together the week leading up to Mother's Day. Boy, that just sounds like the biggest fucking puff piece of all time. Didn't Gary Marshall do Pretty Woman? Yeah. That's a good movie. He also did He's Just Not That Into You and New Year's Day. What the fuck is this? So he had, like, one good movie in it. No, he... He, no, Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall did Chicago. Um, so He's may- done other things that are good. So maybe you won't be taking your mom to see that. 
No, probably not. Perhaps you'll be taking her to see Ratchet and Clank opening in theaters <laughs> this coming weekend, uh, where the the actual stars of the movies are no-named actors, so they are further down the cast list, despite being the main characters. Because they actually got the voice talent from the game yeah. uh, to do the voices here. Uh, also in the movie, aside from the main characters... Uh, Paul Giamatti, John Goodman, Sylvester Stallone, Rosario Dawson, and uh, Star Trek fans know him and love him, Armin Shimmerman, are uh, are all in this movie. Is Paul Giamatti the main bad guy? Uh, Drac, yes. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Actually, I think uh, Giamatti, Goodman, and Sylvester Stallone might all be playing villainy type people. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's probably going to be good. It's just weird that they're capitalizing on this now because Ratchet and Clank was a much more popular game franchise uh, back in the day, but I won't begrudge them. It's a very good video game series, and it's actually pretty good story-wise and kind of funny, so maybe the movie will be good. No reviews yet, though. For it. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess it's Sunday. Uh, also opening, Keanu. That would I be, am definitely seeing that this weekend. That would be the Key and Peel movie about their missing cat. Yes. If you've seen the trailers, my favorite shot is the kitty with the do-rag and the gold chain around its neck. Good yeah, God, it's, it it's Red Man that steals, or Meth Man. Meth, Meth Man is Man. the one that kidnaps yep. him, yeah. Unbelievable. It looks, <laughs> it looks so funny. Louis Guz, uh, Guzman is in it, as well as Will Forte, as well, and Rob Hubel. Uh, so some good comedic talent in it. I, I think this might be good. Uh, 16 reviews, 75% on the tomato meter right now. Uh, I think it could be good. Uh, and I guess the uh, none of these are particularly big releases, but uh, here's one that looks interesting to me. Uh, it's called Green Room. It's also getting a wide release. It's starring mm-hmm. Anton Yelkin, uh, Imogen Poots, and the great Patrick Stewart. Uh, and apparently it's a horror movie. And uh, I think Patrick Stewart plays the leader of, like, a neo-Nazi gang in it or something along those lines. I hear it's really fucked up. It's got 98 reviews, and it's 87% on the tomato meter. It's even got a, uh, a consensus. A green Room delivers unapologetic genre thrills with uncommon intelligence and powerfully acted Elan. Ooh, they used a fucking fancy French word yeah. there. Uh, I may have to actually Google what that means. Uh, <laughs> no, just ask Alex. Elan means energy, style, and enthusiasm. Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. You could have just said that instead of putting in a word that I had to go Google. Make me sound like some sort of uneducated American. God damn it. That's fine. Just watch Independence Day. You'll feel better. Actually, watch I'm... that watch that jet in space with the American flag off the back of it. I, actually, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said God damn it. I should have said God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Don't, uh, don't, don't forget about 7-Eleven. <laughs> Never forget 7-Eleven. The twin towers that were my giant fucking 52-ounce Slurpees. Or as the defenders of it. Well, 7-Eleven is the address of one of the fire stations. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, all right. Let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's go to allflix.net slash Netflix dash randomizer and pick out another movie for our From Parts Unknown series. For those of you unfamiliar, this is how it works. We go to this website. They have an, an actual randomizer. You uh, you can you can place your settings 
uh, if you want uh, to narrow it down specifically. But we leave everything uh, as it is, and we just hit the go button, and it pulls a random uh, title from Netflix, and we have to watch it and review it. Uh, so here it is. It's any movie on Netflix with a rating of a 1 to a 5, uh, any, I, any IMDb rating from a 0 to a 10, and it encompasses any movie released between the years 1900 and 2016. Uh, I will be skipping any musicals, concerts, probably documentaries for the time being. Uh, if it is a television show, we will watch the pilot episode uh, and review that, as, as, as we've done in the past. All right, now that we've gotten that out of the way, Glenn, are you ready to go? Yep. Okay, uh, three, two, one, click. And the page is loading very slowly. Okay. Refresh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got... Oh, my goodness. We got a movie. Do we have a movie? Uh, The 1998 action-adventure sci-fi fantasy film directed by Mimi Letter called Deep Impact. Oh, really? Oh, I'm I'm really glad. Because every time... You and I talk about it, how I always... We need talked to about see this. it, but I never do. We yeah. talked about this a week ago. <laughs> uh, starring Robert Duvall, Taya Leone, Elijah Wood, Vanessa Redgrave, Morgan Freeman, uh, James Cromwell, uh, John Favreau was even in this, uh, Lily Sobieski as well. I love this movie. Uh, there yeah, you, you broke down the whole movie for me. So, I mean, yeah, so <laughs> I'm just excited to finally get to see it because I've always wanted to, but I just never have. Some some that's yeah. really funny. I have spoiled some of it for Glenn, but there you go. That's the movie for next. Oh, time. you didn't spoil it. I asked you, hey, did this person die? <laughs> sure. Uh, like, oh yeah, presumably so. But <laughs> uh, as I call it, the much better arm again. I can't wait. To, I haven't watched it, and I've got it on my. Uh, I don't even have to go to Netflix for this. I have it on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched it in God, maybe <laughs> a year and a half or two years. It's been a while, so I'll, I get a chance to go back and rewatch it. I love it. Uh, so watch along with us and. Uh, we're going to review it on the next episode of From Parts Unknown. Okay, so uh, for everything else we talked about today, cinemageekly.com, go check it out. Of course, everybody can now go to cinemageekly.com slash premium. It's free. You do not have to register an account. You do not have to pay any money. It's just available. You just go there, and all of the podcasts are there. The front page has all of the most recently posted ones. Uh, you can also go into the menu and uh, and look at shows uh shows individually and uh, you can listen and download all of the back catalog uh, for all of that stuff. We're eventually going to get all of them onto various podcast subscription networks as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, social media wise, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Google plus YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, all at cinema geekly info at geekly is where you can send us your thoughts and your feelings and your questions for when we eventually do, Another uh, another mailbag episode. Uh, as for the podcast itself, you can download it or stream it from the website, but uh, that's not how people really do it these days. Really, they use uh, their iPhones or their Android device or their tablet, uh, in which case uh, we're still working on getting iTunes to work. For some reason, it's not working. Still working on trying to get that fixed, uh, but you can find us on the Stitcher or the TuneIn radio apps as well. Uh, and, uh, soon we're going to be on Google play music. Uh, keep your eye out on the Google play music app on your Android device. And soon enough, you'll be able to just search for cinema geekly there and download all the podcasts. 
Whew. Okay, that's enough plugging. I think we're done for the week. I'm going to get out of here. I've got some Fear the Walking Dead to watch tonight and the season premiere of Game of Thrones to watch uh, tonight as well. And Glenn has to go watch Deep Impact. Whether or not you're going to do that immediately or not, I have no, no idea. I'm probably going to watch Kimmy Schmidt. Ah, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. i still got three episodes to go on Kimmy Schmidt. Um, I can't wait to talk about that when that show's done too. Great fucking show. Everybody go watch Kimmy Schmidt. All right, uh, so for Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back with more Cinema Geekly podcast. Mm-hmm.